Okay, we are in Sefer Yeshayahu, Perek Yud Aleph, Pasuk Aleph, B'yotza Choter Migeza Yishai. And of course, Perek Yud Aleph is justifiably, certainly one of the most beautiful Prakim in Navi, beautifully written. And two, its theme is world famous of the advent of the Mashiach, what it will be like in the Messianic days. It is also justifiably the Haftorah we read in uh, the Diaspora on the eighth day of Pesach because of the fact that just as Egypt as Pesach we celebrate the redemption, the exiting from Golos, so too this parrot will symbolize the ultimate redemption and the ultimate end of Golos. So we begin with Pasuk Aleph. Um, also, one additional note, we ended Perik Yud with the metaphor of the forest, the forest burning, the forest being destroyed, etc. Um, now we begin with the Choter Mi Geza Yishai, the stump, stump of wood, of a tree that is left over after the tree has been destroyed. A stump will come out from the tree of Yishai, Yishai being the father of David HaMelech. We know that the Mashiach must come, that is a prerequisite, must come from the Davidic line and from a descendant of Yishai. The Gemara tells us that Yishai was one of only four people ever who was without sin. So that the stump of the house of Yishai will break forth. The Nitzer Mishorashov Yifre and a root will break out from the earth. And the Malbin points out that this is really two separate things. The stump, which exists above ground, the root, which is beneath the ground. And for this, we have to understand that uh, in Perek Samach in Yeshayo, that's Perek 60, uh, we discussed the arrival of the Mashiach and the Kaddish Baruch who says, Ani Hashem uh, I in its time will appear, meaning the Mashiach. And the Chachamim say from that, Zocha Achishena, Lo Zachu, will not come. In other words, if B'nai Israel is worthy, the Mashiach will come. If not, it will come in its time, meaning that it will come at a later date. Says the Malbim here that we're talking, the Navi is talking about two separate possible arrival dates. The stump of Yishai is contemplated as being, as the Talmud tells us in other Mephoshim, that Chizkiyahu, the king of Judea, was considered a very real potential for Mashiachus. He was going to be the Mashiach. That was when the Mashiach was going to arrive for a variety of reasons, many of them obscure. He was not the Mashiach, and so it is put off to a later date. 
That is where the shoresh comes in, the root. So that basically the stump represented Hizkiyo, which didn't happen, and the future is the root beneath the surface. And of course, it is 2,000 plus years since then, and we, of course, are still waiting. Continues, Now we're going to get the characteristics of the Moshiach. What are his attributes? First of all, Nacha Alav Ruach Hashem. He will be bestowed with the spirit of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, a Ruach Chachma, a spirit of wisdom, Ubina, understanding, and as the Mephoshim say, Chachma and Bina, wisdom and understanding, are inseparable. You can't have one without the other, you can't have Chachma without Bina, you can't have Bina without Chachma. Ruach Eitzah, the spirit of counsel, his ability to counsel. Ugvura, his might. Ruach Das, his understanding. Behiras Hashem, his fear of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Um, these would be his personal attributes. So let's go a little further. For Haricho Behiras Hashem, that's a very strange expression. The smell of Yiras Hashem will be upon him. In other words, you will be able to sense basically a sixth sense in his understanding, in his Yiras Hashem. It will be something extra that only he has, an instinct. And the key here is that he is coming to do justice. He is to restore a world order where there is justice, there is fairness. Um, continues the Pasuk, It's not going to be the usual senses that will arrive at his justice, what he sees with his eyes, or what he hears with his ears. That is not going to be the criteria. What it is going to be is that sense of smell, the Ruach HaKodesh uh, that he has. Uh, we know that in our history, we've had some close calls with Mashiach. Um, Bar Kochva, Rabbi Akiva, the man that led the rebellion against Rome uh, after the destruction, was considered by many, including Rabbi Akiva, the Mashiach. But Rabbi Yochanan and others examined him and said that he's missing that reach, that sense of the Mashiach. We saw other false messiahs in that most famously Shabtai Tzvi in the 1600s, again, they examined him and they saw that, no, there isn't that sixth sense quality to him. Veshafat B'Tzedek, and this is apparently the key job of this Moshiach, Veshafat B'Tzedek, he judges in, in righteousness, Dalim, the poor, the downtrodden, the disadvantaged, the exploited. He will strike those with the rod of his mouth. And the Russia will die by the ruach of his lips. It will not be by might, the sword, etc., but it will be some innate spirit within the Mashiach himself. Justice will gird his loins, faith 
Ezer Halotzov again will surround his, his body. So the Rambam tells us in Hilchos Moshiach that the Moshiach in his wisdom will be greater than Shlomo HaMelech. In his Nebuah, he will be a notch below Moshe. No one will ever approach Moshe Rabbeinu, but he will exceed Shlomo in wisdom. And that seems to be these attributes. The main goal of Mashiachus is to restore a world order based on stability, justice, peace, um, lack of exploitation, lack of cruelty, the Aniim, and we should add that he will judge the Aniim, not favoring them instinctually. They will prove their case, but he will deepen himself into the cause of the Aniim, the Yamonos, the Isomos. Now comes the key part of the Nebuah, Pasuk Vav. Let's read it first and then we will discuss it. The Gar in Kevis, that's famous as the lion will lie down with the lamb or will be with the lamb. The Nomer in Gedi, the leopard in the goat. Yerbats, they will harvest together in the field. The Egel Uchfir, Egel would be a, um, a, a, a lamb. Uchfir is a lion, a young lion. Umari Yachtav. They will graze together the Narkatan no Hegbom, and a small child will lead them, will be among them. There's no such fear of the child being devoured or these animals devouring each other. Continues, Upara Vadov Tirena, a cow and a bear, a wild bear will uh, graze together, the Tirena Yachtov, Yerbitsu Yaldehem, they will be together in the field of and the lion, like the cattle, will eat straw. And when a yonek, a toddler, a nursing child, can put his hand on the hole of a snake or a snake pit, and will not have to worry about the snakes and the vipers. Uh, they will not fear and not kill uh, on my holy mount. The world will be filled with knowledge like water overflowing a riverbed. What are we talking about in these animal metaphors? So, the first question is, are we saying that there is a suspension of the natural order. In the days of the Mashiach, the animals will not be the traditional way we know of animals. The carnivores will not devour. They will live in peace with the, each other. There will be not this instinctual killing between this, the um, lions and leopards, as well as the lambs. They will exist in perfect harmony. Is this to be taken literally? The Radak has three chatim on this. One, yes, it will be a change in the teva, the nature of or the order of things and animals. It will be a different kind of bria. It will be coexisting. There will be no enmity. There will be no violence, etc. Take it literally. Secondly, the Radak says, on the other hand, 
it could be he's had Mepharshim, that it's literally in Eretz Yisrael. It does not apply outside of the land of Israel. It is a specific quality of Eretz Yisrael. The third one is that it is a metaphor. And this could be most logical, but you don't know. It is a metaphor for the nations of the world coexisting. There will not be the violence, the enmity, the endless wars, etc. There will be a peace among all of the nations of the Kaddish Baruch. The Rambam puts it best. The Rambam says, we don't know. We don't know if it's literal, if it's metaphorical, if it's limited, and we will not know until the day the Mashiach comes. And that's perhaps the best way to leave it, that we don't know what it is. It's very mystical. Um, it might be literal, as the Radak says. It certainly might be metaphorical in terms of nations. It might be limited geographically. But it is a fascinating vision uh, of the Mashiach. Continues Yishayahu. Shoresh Yishai, Asher Omeid Lanesa Mime Love, Goyim Yidrushu, Vahoisar Menuchaso Kavo. On that day when the Mashiach arrives of David, you are going to see a worldwide universal acceptance of the Kaddish Baruch. They will flock, as we're going to see, to be almost one with the nation of Israel, with their acceptance of Israel's God. On that day, the Kaddish Baruch will continue for the second time to acquire the rest of his nation, the nation that is in exile. And it is the second time, one might confuse it, that the return of Bavel is the second time. It's not, because the second of Bavel was not a total Golos. Tribes of Israel, the 10 nations, the 10 tribes of the Northern Kingdom are gone. But until they come back, and that is the intent of this person, till they're all brought back, that's what the Rashi is saying as well, is that that is what will occur. Everywhere from the islands of the sea, no matter how remote, there will be a kibbutz golios, a gathering, an ingathering of the exiles from everywhere. And now the other nations. They will be gathered from the four corners. And now within Israel. Ephraim and Yehuda. Remember, Ephraim is Malchus Yisrael, and Yehuda, of course, is the Judean nation. And they will stop their fighting. We have seen throughout our study that, that there are constant civil wars, constant murdering. This will stop. 
There will be no internal jealousy. There will be just a national unity. However, there's going to be some unfinished business. It's not all peace and, and you know, um, sort of a you know, total absence of war. But awful because of plishtim. You're going to take care of the plishtim on the west, Yachta. They have to be cleared out. Yavozu esmenekedim on the east, including Edom, Umoav, Mishloach, Yodav, Udenei, Amon, Mishmatam, and the nation of Amon as well. So you've got to take care of this, notwithstanding it is the messianic age of universal peace. So what is he going to do to bring back these widely dispersed people of Israel? He is going to dry up the rivers in Mitzrayim. He is going to dry up the Nile or the Suez or whatever body of water. They're going to be like plain paths that they can come on foot. He's going to dry up the rivers. They're going to come on dry land. He's going to do the same thing in Assyria. Just as they came out on the desert through the, the Red Sea, it is going to be dried up all the waters, dry land, and we will all Gather. We will now continue with this response. What is the response of B'nai Israel after this miraculous era occurs? 8.45 a.m. tomorrow.